This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. You're listening now to the Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu. Well, good morning, everybody. Once again, from a little bit overcast, beautiful San Diego. I think in the 60s now, 100, when in the beginning of the week we had 103 going on here. Remember that, Ahanu? I do, and it was blistering, not something that we Irish are familiar with. (laughs) I know. Well, we got over it, though. So, but we have a wonderful guest coming on today from Minnesota, who we met while we were in Minnesota doing our keynote speaker conference back in May, I think it was. She's a wonderful woman named Chantel Cash, and she's got so much to talk to us about today, Hannah. We're happy to have her on. But before we get there, we have to talk a little bit about the wonderful results that we're having from the online Akashic Records group. Now, this was something that was demanded by you, the listeners, because everybody knows that Angel Rose does one-to-one private personal readings of the Akashic Records and many people wanted us to bring this online so that they could participate in the group sessions that we do from anywhere in the world and we started we did an introductory talk actually on the last week in April and then the first official group took place on the 5th of May and each Sunday thereafter so we've just completed the second one and the the third one is happening this coming Sunday and each Sunday now It's a wonderful opportunity to get your big, deep questions answered from source. And this is what we're we're doing. You'll find all the details about it on the World of Empowerment website, which is worldofempowerment.com. You also will find some details there on a post that Angel Rose made on her website at angelrose.com, A-I-N-G-E-A-L-R-O-S-E.com. So we need you to participate in this because it's your voice, it's your energy that actually asks the questions and that contributes to Angel Rose's ability to be able to tap into source and to downstep that knowledge and information for the benefit of everybody. So this is a very, very important thing that we're doing. And what's more, it's all free. And Angel Rose did a superb job over the last two sessions where she brought information about, oh, some of the questions were about medical marijuana, about aliens, about uh, the politics, about the economics of today, about uh, um, earth changes, and and so on. Well, they were very good questions. I remember from everybody that I kept saying, wow, these are good questions. I repeated it over and over. <clears throat> and we are enjoying those, Ahanu, and, and to hear what people really want to know about and what they care about is is extreme value to both of us to be able to help answer some of those questions from source directly. So we're really looking forward to uh, tomorrow, actually. Now, we are putting the archives of these on the World of Empowerment website, and that's World of Empowerment. Dot com all one word world of empowerment.com and in there you'll see a link to archives and a whole bunch of the 
radio archives that we do, we do and the interviews that Angel Rose has done are all free and there is a small charge for the archives of these Sunday groups that we're doing but the most important thing to remember is that the Sunday groups themselves, the Akashic Record online groups, are free. You participate simply by just registering online at that address, worldofempowerment.com, and they're all free. So you're very, very welcome to participate from anywhere in the world, and it's for free. And you really will be helping the world by helping downstep this information. So that's all wonderful news. Now, have we anything else to announce, Angelos, before we go into this wonderful discussion that we're going to have with Chantel Cash today? I don't think so, Hanno. I think you pretty well covered it. So let's bring her on and introduce her. Well, with us today is Chantelle Cash from Minnesota. And Chantelle had a traumatic childhood. She outlines for us today how she moved from trauma to love and how she now seeks the highest degree of love in everything that she does. She believes that everyone can come a long way in a short time, just like she did. And the message she learned from childhood that kindness is all that matters. Without kindness, we could never love, she says. We simply would not understand it. Now, I'd love to go through a little uh, introduction of Chantal Cash because she sent us this wonderful bio, and the bio that she has written, Angel Rose, is really, really worth reading because it's not something that I would, first of all, remember, but also it's not something that I think we should skip over. She says she was born in Minnesota and lived there much of her life. Her mother was from the Netherlands and her father's side, though American, was from Bavaria and Wales. As a child, she suffered several traumas. And when she was small, she was always interested in fairies and angels. She was always looking for ways to fix things without going to the doctor. And she worked with many aspects of herself. She says being the mother, the single mother of four children, I was ready to take out a new lease on life. I began looking into all avenues of natural healing. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was in a pre-obese state. I had Hashimoto thyroiditis. I was angry and I was in need of a life-changing experience. So I began by taking vitamins, supplements and changing my eating habits. My biggest problem back then was my weight. So I began looking into fast and easy remedies. The one that really helped me was hypnosis. This, though, didn't satisfy my curiosity. I then decided to become a hypnotist. I took Cal Banyan's five-path program and became a certified hypnotist. I also did a seventh path as an instructor, which is the self-hypnosis program that he teaches. And this was first and foremost the starting point for me. This is what kept me hooked to my weight loss. Hypnosis took me personally and professionally into a new direction. By this time, having gotten my physical and emotional health in order, I then moved on to spirit. Now, by the time I was 32, I knew about love and kindness. I saw that compassion moved mountains in my life. I began to look for ways to change my spiritual health. I had been raised Catholic, and I had been exposed to varying religions over the years. I began to pursue alternatives to religion. And to be honest, it was hard work for me to believe, and I never took things at their face value. I started to meditate, work with stones and essential oils. I took up a daily prayer practice, and this, of course, eventually put me in the path of Reiki. 
Since I wanted a true relationship with Source, I started to do research into different types of energy healing. I started by receiving Reiki from Stephanie Braille. I then went on to look at various teachers. I found shaman Maggie Walls and took her classes, level 1 and level 2, Yusui Reiki and her shamanism classes. And later on, I took classes from a local instructor, Jody Chida, to receive my Yusui Reiki master and teacher levels. I, it did not take long, and I found that I was waking up one day to discover that I could do things I never used to be able to do. I woke up one morning after just starting to read a book on crystals and minerals, and the next morning after reading only two or three chapters, I knew inspiringly all about the stones. I then began to take other classes, introducing myself to aromatherapy, and eventually taking a class to become an essential oil raindrop specialist. All this sounds fascinating, and we're going to talk about this today. I began practicing telepathy. I began to communicate with spirits and see people's past lives imprinted on them. I established a relationship with my guides and angels, and eventually it led me to communication with the divine, or source, as I prefer to say. For the first time, I really began to see life for the wonder it really was. All areas of natural medicine had been put into my path. I was eager to learn and applied myself where I thought I could be of the most help. Other areas of interest I have acquired and incorporated into my businesses are crystal stone layouts, dowsing classes, and tarot readings, and oracle readings, jewellery making, and other crafts. In my spare time I write poetry and other literary works, I make scrapbooks, garden, I read and do research for my work. And on top of that, Chantelle has four children, two daughters and two sons, and her sons have autism. She says, I am a support manager for a non-profit company that enables disabled people to lead more independent lives. I work with my sons and have worked with other autistic children and adults. I find this work to be extremely rewarding. And in addition, I have four businesses. I created these businesses as a way of reaching out to people in these varying avenues of interest. I also work on finishing my associates in criminal justice, though that has been placed on the back burner for now. My God, I really don't know how she actually has the time for all of this, but she would like to do non-profit work as an advocate to serve those who experience social injustice and specifically focusing on the areas of developmentally disabled, and to continue her work with autistic people. And in all of her sessions, her focus is mind-body-spirit. In any of her businesses, she utilizes all the tools and uses her knowledge to help family, clients, friends, and community. Now, she also is belonging to the Metaphysical Association of Minnesota, and that's a business of hers that focuses on people who are having spiritual issues or are in need of guidance due to a haunting, a spiritual attack or other supernatural occurrence. The aspect of her business that she loves the most is reaching out to people and assisting them in their goals towards health and healing, whether that is emotional, physical or spiritual. And working with Source helps her in all the creative areas in her life. As she says herself, I enjoy being a co-creator with Source. I work with the Earth, the elements, the universe, the all in all. And she's excited to teach about Reiki and self-hypnosis and to help others to explore their past and to embrace their present and look forward to their future. 
Now she says, as a final footnote, I feel that the negative experiences from my childhood helped to transform me into the person that I am today. I believe that knowing what I know now, we can transform our fears, our worries, and even our traumas into something positive. Now, I had to read that because I think that is really wonderful. I think it's an example of how somebody can actually take a negative impression from childhood and turn it around into a wonderful thing and turn their lives around in such a wonderful way. Do you want to say something about that, Angel Rose? Well, yes, that is absolutely an incredible bio. And we are little does she know, Hanu, that we're going to be picking her brain on so many aspects of what she wrote. So I hope she's ready. So maybe we should just bring her on, shall we? You there, Chantal? I am here. Welcome. Welcome to the show today. We're glad Thank you could meet. Thank you so make- much. Okay. Well, Ahanu has a list a mile long here of things to ask you. <laughs> so I hope that you're ready because there's so many aspects of what you um, have said in your bio that our listeners will really appreciate. And so, Ahanu, where do we want to go? Where do we want to begin with Chantal? Well, I'd like to ask you first, Chantel, that just reading that introduction alone has helped me. Uh, And yet you have all these other strings to your bow of ways that you help people. Do you think that just your very presence or just the knowledge that you have or just the experience that you have is enough to make the difference in a person's life like the way you've changed your life? Well, I do believe that. I think individually everyone has their own presence, but sometimes, in my case, it was actually Tibetan monks that meditated every day that inspired me to take up a daily prayer practice and to, I guess, move myself in this constant positive direction. Um, I guess from childhood on, um, it was rough. I mean, I would never... (laughs) tell people, you know, anybody's experience is their own, as was mine. Um, But I'm not going to blame my life on that. I just found that to move on every day, you do have to, like, look at the positive instead of the negative. Um, And that's really where I've been heading with people and how I reach out to them. I listen to them while they may tell me their, their troubles. And I really apply compassion to everything I do. Um, but I believe everybody has that ability. It's just our life experiences, our daily like lives sometimes get in the way of that. Okay, Chantel, let me go back a little bit. And, and um, you didn't really mention specifically what your traumas were, and you don't have to if you don't want to. But well, I will speak of one, sure. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, tell us about one and how you actually moved from that trauma to a place of where you came out of that, basically. The first trauma that I suffered as a child was my mother was, quote, and we're going to say mentally ill. Um, um, my family's from Holland. Um, my father met her, married her. I don't believe he knew that she was ill. Um, and I was born, and it didn't take long. Actually, while I was, you know, she was pregnant with me, um, she tried to kill herself several times. So that trauma right there there was trauma before I was even born and in how she viewed me. Um, And then when I was born, I would say I was about nine months old, she threw me down the stairs. So um, 
And it wasn't actually until I took the hypnosis that I actually even dealt with that. Um, but I, went, I grew up without a mother, um, and she was returned home to her family because my father could not handle children plus a mentally ill wife. So this, there were points in my childhood as, you know, leading from that trauma to another trauma to another trauma. Um, there were points I kind of gave up, but I wasn't like other people. I would always, in the morning, would come out here the birds. I'd go outside. I'd climb a tree. Um, I was always, especially as a child, connected to nature, and I think that was one thing that kept me going. Even from a little little baby, I mean, I remember sitting in the sandbox, being left alone outside, you know, just kind of doing my own thing. Um, so for me, that was that first trauma. And, yes, how it helped me, it didn't really help me until I started having children. So even though I loved my, you know, parts of my childhood as I got older, um, and I wasn't even into natural healing or anything when I first had my children, um, I was kind of thrown into it, but I really had to come to terms with the trauma that I suffered, and I was terrified of being like my mother. So that was the main the main thing. Right, and I know that that in utero trauma can be pretty severe even before we get here. So that, yes. that's a tough one, all right, Chantel, to go through a yes. mother who was continually trying to take herself out. So, yes. um, yeah, I can only imagine the implications of that whole experience so congratulations on that one and um you know Thanks i'm being here sure. i live i live <laughs> yeah. I, was you know. I spent a lot of time in nature by myself and um had my own relationship with the with the animals and the trees so i understand that too so just a second so chantelle coming from that background that you've just described was there ever a conscious decision on your part to say, I, I'm going to beat this, I, I'm going to overcome this? Do, do you understand where I'm coming from when I ask you that question? Yes. I went yeah. through bursts of it, though. I would One day I'd wake up and go, yeah, I'm going to do this. And then maybe months would go by or even a couple of years, and I was stuck in, like, a depression. So I did suffer as a young from different there were other traumas my father was an alcoholic um he was a hoarder <laughs> um you can imagine there's different traumas and all of them had psychological impact on me um and so my main fear was becoming um there was a lot of mental abuse physical and emotional abuse and verbal abuse in my home yeah. i was constantly told you know you're stupid whatever so i would do things to make myself not feel what I heard. So, but I think at the end of the day, we know words do hurt. Um, and that was um, the thing. And I chose to be a better person. I didn't allow people to tease people. I, I, I witnessed bullying. I was bullied severely um, as a child, um, also in, in school and in high school. Um, but I still didn't give up. Although for a time I did drop out of high school. I couldn't bear it. Um, so it it was little spurts, and then I would I wrote writing was my I've been writing poetry since I was nine I believe, um, and writing was my true outlet. Yes, yes, so. and is isn't that the case for so many people that they they do find some kind of an outlet to help explain the the traumas in their lives and help understand their journey 
did, did exactly. in what way specifically did the writing help you understand your your purpose? Well, that was a slow process, but I remember the poetry I wrote when I was young, and the teachers would respond, and they would look at me, and they'd say, "Oh, you're a little you're a little old soul." That's what some of my teachers would would say, and I thought it was. Now looking back, I think it's interesting because people didn't really talk like that back in the 80s, at least. I don't recall. There wasn't a lot of metaphysical discussions. Um, schools are very um, rigid, and you know, there's this curriculum and all that. You're not allowed to really venture out. But my poetry allowed me to. Um, my teachers encouraged me. I wrote short stories, um, and then I went on to essays. Of course, were all based on opinion. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my stuff was based on opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the main thing is just expressing myself because I wasn't allowed to do it at home. Yes. So I did it through my writing and by reading it to classmates or even getting some things published in like the high school magazine and things like that. That was a highlight for me and it kept me going. Yes. And you know, in school, certainly from uh, my own experience, when you, you c- most people, I think, take um, an adverse, have an adverse reaction to poetry. They think, oh my God, you know, these old geezers writing about stuff that doesn't make sense, you know. But from what you say, if we were to put ourselves into the minds and hearts of the person who's doing the writing, then every single word and line means something very, very deep and very, very real for them. Yes, and I believe that in po- it doesn't matter what whose poetry I read. In fact, I just read uh, Civil War poetry down in Louisiana. I kind of regret not buying the book. Um, those were a bunch of geezers <laughs> writing those poems, but I could get I I can get into any poem because I find things words mean a lot to me. I mean, I I am a Gemini. Um, if you know, not to go on a tangent, but. We do talk a lot, and we do express ourselves through the arts and through writing. Um, so it's always been there for me, but it's huge. I mean, I I think there's a novelist in everyone, um, even if you think you can't write. Mm-hmm. So it is probably the art too, of course. But I wasn't. My brother was the artist. I was the writer. So yes, it was yes. kind of like you know. Now speaking of question. speaking of writing, we we advocate all the time to our listeners and to our clients to journal all the time about everything and anything. Angel Rose has been speaking about this for years. In fact, she used to have a journaling class when she lived in Chicago, and she talks a lot about the transformation that it can have. Can you describe for our listeners first of all why they should write and? Also, the, what, what, what they would expect to have change and how quickly a change can come about from journaling. Well, what they should write is, um, and I know Ann Gale's touched on this, you should really write about what you feel, um, what's on your mind. If you're a good writer, you know, someday you might find that it's going to lead into something huge, but it's not about whether you're good or not. It's about getting those words out. Um, really as I said before, self-expression, and I think people can grow from that. And I encourage anybody to write. Um, my sons have autism. One can write fairly well, the other can't. Um, I still, I kind of hound them on the journaling. Um, I used to journal a lot, um, and now I just write poetry. So for me, I've taken it into that, you know, more of a creative endeavor than a, like that need to write down my feelings or whatever. Yes. Um, so... Yeah, I encourage that for everybody. I mean, that's fantastic, even if you think you can't do it. Yes. And 
Talk to us about your experiences that you had with angels and ETs and multidimensional beings. And I want you to talk about that from the perspective of, you know, you're coming coming from this place of trauma. You're, you're, you're journaling. You're trying to find answers and explanations for the various events in your life. And you're trying to be a better person. What, what happened with the, with the uh, angels and ETs? Well, it's interesting because when I was a child, I saw I saw spirits. Um, I do believe that certain traumas then um, kind of halted that. And then as I started, I would say for me, honestly, it was Reiki. Um, it was almost like a switch was turned on. My chakras were lined up. I mean, it was it was things that were happening in my body and the pineal gland. I mean, all of these things were happening at once. Anybody, you know, I, I don't know the science of it, to be honest. I don't know how it really works. I just know that it does. And when that happened, that switch got turned on through my first, second, you know, all the attendants, really, they they kept taking me to a higher level. Um, it started with me, I would say, conversing with beings that I heard people talking. I didn't know who they were. And I typically cannot see I, I can see fairies I do not see angels I do hear them and I do speak to them um, as far as fairies go um, my latest experience one actually showed herself I think it was a she to me the other day and I kind of stepped back because we've had we haven't actually had spring yet fully and I didn't know what it was it just flew at me and I flinched <laughs> and um, she said Oh, I won't come around if you if you swat at me or flinch. So, you know, it's kind of funny that like that. But they do. They they really they're trying so hard to communicate with people right now who know they're there. Um, and I do feel strongly as far as the ETs and the dimensionals go. Um, for me, there's only specific ones that I talk to. Occasionally, I am in, introduced to something new, and I'm I'm not a expert on this. I could never begin to understand all the different races that are out there. I know there's oodles, um, like infinity. I don't know. I mean, I, I believe in, the, in so many, you know, just the, the multiple dimensional thing. I believe in that. So to me, it's like there could be different things coming at me, and I'm not exactly sure. But I mean, <clears throat> I have seen a few ships in my life, um, hmm. and I've had a lot of dreams right. about them. And do you think, Chantel, that your experiences in early life led you, were somehow instrumental in bringing you to this place of understanding about extraterrestrial life? Absolutely. I remember when I was a kid... I walked with my grandpa, and we saw lights in the sky. We didn't really think much of it. I didn't see that again until I was much older. I'd already had children. Um, I don't know. It's it's one of those – it's a personal thing, I think, because I have talked to people who've had um, experiences where they've been taken, um, and I know other people who've had nothing but good experiences. Um, so for me, I've had nothing but good experiences. I can't. I can't really – um, complain about that. Um, right. All I can say is I've been very fortunate. Um, I believe truly now, going on this, back to the Reiki, I believe that Reiki, when you send it out in wherever you're sending it to, yeah. um, it reaches and it touches the heart of any being. Um, and I believe that that is part of it. 
Um, and I, ha- I do have more and more lately coming to me. I just don't always, I'm, they speak in their own language. I can't always understand, like, you know, in English what they're saying. Yes. So, and I speak only English, um, so it's, it can be tough sometimes. Right. And you're, you were led to hypnosis and Reiki, like you mentioned, in that wonderful bio. How, what part do they play in, I mean, you mentioned, you did mention about operating from the heart, but what part do they play in terms of you coming to this place of acceptance, let's say, and coming to this place of wisdom and coming to this place of personal growth that you have obviously done from such a, a difficult beginning? For me, it was hypnosis was definitely, absolutely, it started everything. In fact, the truth about the hypnosis factor is I had actually been introduced to hypnosis by someone who had bad intentions. Um, and again, another trauma in my life. And I kept having these traumas periodically, these things that happen. And, and I began to study, you know, karma and things like that trying to figure out what was going on. And I did feel that hypnosis and Reiki would get to the heart of it and kind of, well, it, it jump-started everything and it made things escalate. When I say a short period of time, I was, you know, I wasn't given any memo, no letter, hey, this is going to happen to you. It just, everything came at me at once. And everybody's different, honestly. It's um, it's one of those things, um, I think because of my childhood, it set the stage for certain factors and for the abilities that would eventually come to me. Um, but I can't sit and think back too much on my childhood because I sit and go, well, you know, was it like this? But I can't really, there is a lot of gaps. I don't remember everything. In fact, I remember my traumas more than I remember my joys from my childhood. So I've reversed that now in my adulthood. I focus on joy instead of trauma. And if there is a trauma coming, then I put Reiki into it. Um, I use stones. I mean, I, I do various methods of relaxation and, and calming the spirits. Okay. Chantel, if intuitive, where do you think the world is headed right now? Mm. I um, I talk to other intuitives, and I honestly, based on my dreams alone, I, I believe in, you know, this multiple reality thing. However, our reality right now is pretty troubled. Um, I sense that some aspects of our earth are in grave danger. When I say that, I I feel that, um, and I don't know, I've talked to other people, and they they may not agree with this, but um, we're really hurting the earth. We're stomping on her. We're taking all her resources. Um, We are being greedy, um, and I think everybody's been guilty of that. But with that, we have people, you know, there's so many people out there who really want to help Um, But I think she's our main, I mean, she's our main concern and we're just kind of ignoring, we ultimately are ignoring, even though we say we aren't, we are. So what I do, um, I do send Earth Reiki every day. I send her Reiki every day. Um, I believe firmly and strongly that as an intuitive, it is our responsibility to, you know, like you would pray for your mother or, or your children or your friend, pray for her. Um, it's like she's become an ashtray. I mean, and I, I see it everywhere. Um, people littering still. I mean, there's, there's people that are smart, but then at the same time, we have still so much ignorance. And I think that's our biggest 
our biggest culprit. So future-wise, yeah, we're we're in a little bit of trouble right now. You know, I'd I, say I, we're I in a lot of trouble that, right now, wouldn't you, Hannah? You know, yeah, I just I don't want to scare people or anything, you know. But no, and I liked know. your I liked your phrase. The word ashtray is a really good word, actually. The way people, you know, treat the earth, uh, even in terms you write with litter and. You know, I remember years ago when I went out to swim with the whales in the Caribbean Sea and that ocean way out there, you couldn't see any land in sight. And there was the ocean littered with buckets and all sorts of plastic and, you know, it was, it was disgusting. You know, then you, the other view is you've got this beautiful sea turtle swimming in the water close by, you know, or this stingray and, you know, these beautiful whales under under the earth, under the water, and if you heard them talk to each other, it's amazing. And this is what their environment is, is, you know, they come up. I, actually, we were out on a dead coral reef, and it was dead precisely because of chemicals that were had been thrown in the water. So thankfully, though, on the positive note, there is a lot of technology going on now a lot of people have taken that task on board to create things to clean water and clean air and uh any organizations that are doing that really do need our support because we do need all the help we can get in that way yes in minnesota we have clean water action i actually did um work for them for a very short period of time Mm -hmm. um they do go door to door and you know i'm i'm all for people who if you have the money to donate to certain things and you know it's credible you do so but don't be afraid to go out and pick up the trash yourself um as a child i used to do it i stopped for a while and then like i look around now it's like the parks i go walking in have garbage all over the place it's although i will say mississippi is a pretty clean state um, I've, you know, in my travels, I've been to different places. Some are really clean and some places aren't. Um, so just don't be afraid to go out. You know, just, so what if somebody looks at you? You're doing the earth a favor. Pick up the garbage, you know, that you see. Right. So I encourage the children I work with, because I do teach some craft classes and things, and that's one of the things that, you know, we'll go around the neighborhood, pick up garbage. I mean, it's fine. That's how they learn to respect the earth. Now, Chantal, you said that you have two autistic sons. Can you tell us what your thoughts are about autism itself and where it comes from and how old are your sons and what do you experience with them and how do you, how do you deal with, with those children? How do you help them? Well, my son, Alex, he is um, going to be 16. He was diagnosed at age three. Um, he also has recently been diagnosed with celiac, which I guess is common with autism, not always, but it's a common thing. And then my other son, Will, he's 13. Um, both of them have different degrees of autism. Um, my niece passed away at age three from medications, um, from actual serious drugs that they put into her little body. And I made my, my mind up when she passed away that I would not put my child on drugs of any kind. Um, and this has been how I've chosen to deal with not only the autism, but the depression, all of these things. I've incorporated various modalities into their life, and it has been a very slow process. I am not going to lie. Some people, here, take this pill. It'll solve all your problems. It might for a little while, but liver failure, that's what my niece died from. Um, <clears throat> I didn't want my children to go through that. I was, you know, I would rather look at a lifetime of autism and have baby steps 
then have my child die um, from whatever, you know, in her case, they put her on a pretty serious um, pharmaceutical drug that she should not have been on. Um, not that they were going to do that with my children, but I made it. I made a choice. It was a conscious choice, and I actually worked with getting my children healthy before I did myself. So for me, autism, although I do believe there's a metaphysical, you know, I don't want to say cause behind it, but there is some speculation metaphysically, and I do, you know, also agree with on your stance on it as well. Medically, though, like I think in some places we're kind of going about it all wrong. Um, they don't really understand these children like here in Minnesota they have group homes and I don't know how it is out there but a lot of these homes these children are medded and they're just like left to sit in front of a TV all day um, that is my biggest fear for my children as they get older too that they can't you know so I've been working these little baby steps we do aromatherapy we've changed to you know gluten-free um, dairy I hear dairy is one but it's still my kids, you know, they do some almond milk and things like that, but they still like their ice cream and things. So I have to make, you know, choices sometimes um, to keep them happy. However, they really, we do supplements. That's one thing. Um, there are many supplements that help um, all peoples with autism. Um, so for me, it's it has been long. It's been years of getting to the point now where my son might even graduate from this program he's on because he's doing so much better. So, yeah, it's a big thing. Hold that thought just for a moment there, Chantel. Let us remind our listeners that you're listening to the Honest to God series with Angel Rose and Ahanu, and our special guest today is Chantel Cash. Excuse me. Chantel Cash, and Chantel is a hypnotist and a Reiki specialist from Minnesota, and we are specifically talking to her about handling negativity and remaining positive and being an inspiration to others in your life. Now, we do have to take a little studio break right here, but do remember that this is sponsored by Diamond Sun Hosting today, and Diamond Sun Hosting are consciously hosting your spiritual websites since 1993. Find them at diamondsunhosting.com. And if you wish to sponsor an episode or the full Honest to God series, contact us at angelrose at angelrose.com. That's A-I-N-G-E-A-L-R-O-S-E at angelrose.com. We'll be right back after this break. This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. The Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu. Okay, we're speaking with Chantelle Cash from Minnesota, and before the break she was telling us about her autistic children. And Chantelle, Angel Rose asked you, like, what specifically do you do for them? And you were mentioning the various ways that you were helping them, but are there things that you've learnt that would help other parents? And the, the reason I'm asking you that question is because most parents, as we know, they're pushed into the whole business of the pharmaceutical solution. Yeah. And, you know, do you think it's purely a, a pharmaceutical solution? I know you did mention that there may be metaphysical reasons behind it, but what can mothers and fathers do that 
will provide relief, but at the same time, see what's going on in the bigger picture. Well, I know for a lot of families that um, have autistic children, um, financial um, is a big thing. Um, I recently learned that most families that have autistic children are, many of them are below poverty level. Um, they're already kind of in a in a poor place to really help their children use these natural um, medicines. Um, if you have if you live in a state like I do, we have some awesome programs for families. So, I, my advice to anyone who lives in any state in the country: call you know down to your wherever county that you live in and see if they have programs for kids with autism. It could be anything from you know, an after-school program to what I'm on, which is, you know, it allows parents to receive help and keep you working at home, um, and it allows you to gain a lot of working experience. I'm a support manager. I'm in a position where I could go and get a fantastic job somewhere else. They have these programs that help families. Um, and, like, my son, he gets supplemental um, money for uh, supplements. Now, not all states have this kind of um, thing available. It's unfortunate, but I'm sure there's something in every state, but I know here in Minnesota, we really are fortunate. I have been so fortunate to have social workers, psychiatrists, doctors. They have been working with me for and my children for years, and I've been very fortunate. Um, so a lot of it is finding people that will work with your family, you know, that you, you know, you agree with, you get along with. If you don't want your children on medications, don't talk, you need to go to a natural path or something. I mean, it's it's really it's really tough. Like we do um, the supplement MSM, we do goji berries, we do smoothies with I put all the stuff in it that they need. Um, you can make things, you know, health is huge for autistic children and, you know, I would say take your kids off wheat. I mean, try simple things first to see if this helps. And a lot of children have this behavioral issue. So I found that it helped immensely with the behavioral issues. There's Essential oils, um, instead of the option of pharmaceutical drugs, try essential oils. Um, whether you have children or grown adults in the family that have, you know, mental disabilities and or autism, these oils really do help because they go straight to the brain, straight to the bloodstream. There's really no harm in using them. Um, you still have to be careful because they're concentrated and whatnot. But you know, I mean, you still have to follow directions and still follow what the doctor says. I mean, you go, you're going to take your children to a doctor when they have autism. It's it's a given. Um, so listen to the doctor, but if there's something that goes against the grain in your soul and you know it's not right for your child, don't do it. Yes. And I, I that's what we learned through trial and error mm -hmm. on so many things. Um, and we didn't even know, you know, right away that it was autism. They kept telling us it was this or that or... They didn't know either. Yes. So, um, what do you think, Chantel, is the metaphysical or the spiritual reason behind autism? I've read a few things about about that. The book that I actually rely on a lot for metaphysics is um, where is it? It's your body's telling you to love yourself. I'm sure you've heard of that book. Now, her um, I forget the author. I can't see it from here. Liz Bardot. Um, she alludes to the fact that autism is a spiritual um, a spiritual issue based on different lifetimes where, and it may not have necessarily been from here, it could be other places that they've had issues with their mother. 
Um, I personally feel it's kind of been for some kids because there's different degrees of autism now. The severely autistic, and I've worked with one girl, I knew right away looking at her, she she wasn't from here, to be point blank. Um, she was trapped in her own body. She couldn't talk, um, constantly was hitting herself, but yet mentally I could communicate with her. Mm -hmm. um, and I do feel that many autistics that can't speak communicate telepathically. Um, and I've seen it and I've witnessed it firsthand. Um, in fact, several people that I have worked with, I have had to go because I can't watch what the fa how the families treat their, their yes, autistic yes. with the meds and all that. I just can't see it or look at it for very long. Yes. I give my two cents, and if they don't accept it, um, there's nothing I can do about it. Another yes. thing is good. Um, if families can afford it, there's the Wave machine. There's the Chi machine. Uh, we have the Chi machine here. There's places where you can go, and some places will let you use these machines, sometimes even for free. Um, which is really good because the movement is really good for, you know, circulation and things. Many of these kids are inactive, like mine are, um, and so I, I do a lot of things to keep them, you know, encouraged to keep going because a lot of these kids do kind of give up. Yes. They, um, okay. Yeah. Now, Chantel, th this is wonderful because you are providing the very inspiration that I knew you would when we first read your bio because it is really, really inspiring. But there's so much in that bio. I mean, you, you're, you're talking about self-hypnosis, Reiki, angels, ETs, dowsing, crystals. Uh, we talked a, a good deal about autism. But you also mentioned about soul race and soul names, uh, soul names and soul realms, bilocation, telepathy, angels, fairies, dream work. And most of that we're not going to be able to touch on today. Oh, but can you give a contact uh, information or a website or an email address or something because people who listen to this they will certainly want to contact you because you are such a wealth of information and inspiration for people well thank you yes I can give my website now it is a mouthful I'm still building my website so bear with me folks um, it is www.freewebs literally one word freewebs.com and there's a slash forward slash Pathways to Wellness, all one word. It's just Pathways to Wellness. Pathways to Wellness. Um, Freeweb.com forward slash Pathways to Wellness. Yep, yep. And I'm in the process of still building, so like I said, okay. you know, but most of the stuff that I do is on there. And there, there is a contact page on there for them to get in touch yep. with you. The that, home page. That's excellent. All right, let's talk for, for a little bit about your definition of soul race and soul name and soul realm. What, what is all that about? Well, this started, I would say about, I would say it was 2006, and I started, well, in my meditations, you know, and I would write down a lot of the stuff I would hear. These are my journals, my private channelings, whatever. Um, and I was told um, that we all had a soul race, a soul name, and a soul realm, where we originated, like our soul originally originated from. Now, keeping in mind that there's many different dimensions, this could allude to different things. However, I do feel strongly um, as like I'll look at somebody and I'll just hear this strange name, um, and, uh, and then I'm that's the soul name, so I'll write it down. And for a while, I was keeping track of my family. I have my family's soul names, um, and it's it's different, like, in, you know, they talk about the angels say, oh, yeah, uh, what was it, Angel Gabriel, 
um, he has the names and he holds people's names. Well, it's not really like that. Like, there's the name that Source knows and that people can't even speak. Like, it's a, it's a silent name. And then you have the soul name, which is typically, I believe, the name that you, you originated with. So wherever people came from, you know, originally, whether, you know, some believe they were angels, some believe they were ETs, wherever they were from, they had an original name. Yes. Um, so that's what that is. And then the realm is just like where they were from, whatever dimension or, or yeah. place. And I do hear strange things, and I can't always verify this information, but nonetheless, I write it down. Well, we had a very interesting experience last night at a restaurant where the waitress came over to us, and I asked her where was she from, and she said, she actually said, I'm Canadian, but we both thought she said, I'm Palladian. And that started a whole discussion. Now, she had never heard wow. of the Pleiades, but the thing was, she was enthralled by the whole possibility, wasn't she? She really got excited about it and wanted to know more about it. It's like as if she knew, she knew it uh, at some level. Do you know? I think that's probably where she was originated from. And yes. and I will say about the different races, um, I'm familiar with the, you know, the Palladians. There are some that have recently been introduced to me. Um, I see more what they look like versus getting names. So they'll show me, like, while I'm meditating, I'll see an image of a particular race, and I might get an, I might get a name, but not always. But then they might show me what their planet looks like. That happened to me two days ago. I saw a new being and what their planet looks like. Right. Um, so they're really trying to communicate with us. I think they want to get to know us as much as we kind of want to get to know them. It's kind of like, I feel like sometimes they just want to get this over with. Like, let's just get on with this. You know, like there's this, just this constant kind of (sighs) sighing going on. Um, And I have been introduced to different, there's, you know, I've been introduced to the Hathors for quite some time and I actually saw their ship once. Um, You mentioned mentioned about these other planets. What what do they look like, Chantel? Do they have similarities with Earth? The one that I saw the other day, it's so strange. I've been trying to make sense of it, and maybe there's somebody out there who's seen the same thing. That would be fabulous to to understand this, but it's it's like a – it looks like our planet, but the water is on the bottom, and there's like this grid between the water and the land, but it's not really a grid. That might be not the right word. It's like a, a magnetic force that separates the two. And there's portals that go into these little, like, spaces. Wow. And they are able to get to back and forth between land and water. It's very right. strange. I, I'm, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's the, that's the latest I've seen. Yes. Now I did mention we're not going to get to all these questions today, but people can get in touch with you. And we are approaching the end of our program, unfortunately, but I do want to squeeze in this last question about dream work. You you did mention about dream work being an important aspect of your work. What happens in that aspect of your work? Well, a lot of my revelations, a lot of my, I guess, aha moments come right after I've had these dreams. And, And I've gone through periods of time where I don't remember my dreams even for months. And then all of a sudden, and these are the dreams that I pay attention to, extremely vivid, colorful, um, I remember word for word what someone is saying to me. Um, and nine times out of ten, 
these dreams will take me into the future. Like a week from that dream, I might see something or be triggered by something. But my my dream work, I guess, could could be compared to dream yoga. However, I don't practice any of that stuff. I just could compare it to that. Um, I use my dreams to help my clients because often before I have a session, I'll dream about them, even if I've never seen them that they will come up because a mm-hmm. lot of my work is done, you know, long distance or, mm-hmm. or over the phone too. So mm-hmm. I don't always see my clients. So do um, you, then I'll dream. Do you do the traditional form of dream interpretation? I don't do the traditional form. Um, like I might incorporate that into a reading, um, tarot reading or whatever. Um, I, those are like all little kinds of tools that I use, but, I wouldn't call myself a dream interpreter, but I do know certain things when someone will tell me, like, what what was this about? <clears throat> I've had some very strange dreams. I've had some fantastical dreams. I've had some dreams that I knew I was in another dimension or with my other self or whatever you want to call it. Um, so I take all of that to pull it lessons from them, and what can I learn from it? And I, and I believe it's like kind of another side of our existence, our other side of our consciousness, Maybe we are connecting with other worlds or our other selves. I'm not sure. It seems that way based on my dream work. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I definitely love to talk to people about their dreams. I think the dream world is, is just as exciting as the living reality we live in, mm-hmm. the awake reality, I should say. Now, last night I had a dream. I was standing on the top of the steps leading into Air Force One, and standing right beside me face-to-face was President Barack Obama, and I, we were looking eyeball-to-eyeball. And I don't remember any conversation or I don't remember anything else other than that. What do you, you think, just you really quickly? Is? Yeah, tell me, what is that? <laughs> oh, I love Obama. I love him in some ways. He he amuses me. Um, talk to him. Tell the president what you want to see happen. That is your, that is your get-go. That's your green light to talk to him mentally. Man to man. I've done it. Wow. I believe I believe we can talk to our leaders if we want to. I believe we can talk to God if we want to. Yes. And I believe Obama he he's got he's kind of that he's like flip the coin. I think it could go either way, but I do have a lot of respect for him and I say talk to him man to man if it even if it isn't a dream. I right. I think it can produce miracles. We have to talk to our leaders. Yes. Even if we can't call them on the phone or email them, there's nothing wrong with Going, hey, Mr. President, let's do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting or interpretation. Or your leader or king, whoever. Yes. It's okay. I mean, that's all that is. It was just, you know, I think that's really an interesting dream. Wow. Well, I'm glad you, you did explain that to me because I was at a loss myself as to what it meant. Okay, unfortunately, we do have to wind down here. We have been speaking with Chantel Cash from Minnesota, and her website is... Uh, I did write it down there. It's freenet.com forward slash free web. Freenet, mm. isn't it? Yeah, freenet.com. Free web. Oh, free web. I'm sorry. Freeweb.com <laughs> forward slash pathways to wellness. Yes. And by way of just a quick summary and to help our listeners just recap on what we've been talking about, we spent some time talking with Chantel today about autism. She has two young 
boys and she has handled it all obviously very very effectively from a metaphysical spiritual as well as a practical and sensible physical point of view but we spoke about uh, hypnosis a little bit we mentioned about reiki and we talked about angels and ets and other multi-dimensional beings and places and we didn't get to talk about dowsing at all and i hope we will get to get to that at some point in the future and also your whole experience about with crystals and telepathic communication we do want to talk about that at some point and also your work with spirit releasement therapy but we did talk about soul races and soul names and soul realms and we talked about angels and fairies and elementals a little bit and then in the last part there we spoke about your work with dreams and dream work and that is all very very fascinating so to contact Chantel, freeweb.com forward slash pathways to wellness. Do get in touch with her. She has inspired us and she will inspire you. And we really appreciate you coming on. And we want to say a profound thank you, Chantel. Thank you. Thank you, Hannah and, and Gail. It was great to be here. Thank you. All right. And we will be inviting you back. So polish. Great. Put, put the polish on that knowledge because there's a lot more in there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. All <laughs> anyway, right. Thank you so much. You have a blessed day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. This is the Art of Living Well Radio Network. Radio to inspire enlightened living. The Honest to God series with Anne Gail Rose and Ahanu.